Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we criticize uppity white women like Shelley Long as we watch the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 55th episode in the series, The Housekeeper. You know, there are, there are several other uppity white women that we can definitely criticize that we do on this, on this podcast, not just Shelley Long. Not just Shelley um, Long. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, this is, this was one of my favorite episodes growing up, probably because it was like, I, I really just love the character of Marguerite. I think she's just like a fun person and, you know, it's, but there's like also like these weird, like, you know, is there magic? Isn't there kind of element that obviously the girls are going through, but also as a, a viewer and like a young person <laughs> that I was like watching this of, like there was some weird just sort of mysterious element to it that of course just gets like solved easily at the end. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just weird because I never would have, I, when I rewatched this, I never would have counted it among like, Oh, episodes I watched all the time, but in rewatching it, I was like, I watched this episode all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I specifically picked it out. And there's just, there's a lot to unpack about like how Margarita is presented and, you know, she's one of the very few black characters we see on the show at all. And she's like still she still has like tropes attached to her. Oh, yeah. OK, so I <laughs> similarly loved love this episode. I, I used to watch it a lot. Um, and Marguerite is wonderful, played by the late great Paula Kelly, who has like a bunch of other really impressive acting, like one episode or like, you know, two episode arcs. But like. She was on Sanford and Son and she was a dance instructor on the Carol Burnett show and she was on Night Court and you know like so she was like a character actress and she was great like she's so good and that character is so much fun Um, but yeah there's a lot of it, it definitely approaches like racist stereotypes here and it's even more problematic when like you said you take into account that there's like only a handful of black characters or characters of color at all and they're almost always presented in this light so you know like we we talk so much about how the show is super progressive and and it was in a lot of ways but we um we've also brought up before and we will bring up again how race is a big blind Mm -hmm. spot and I think this episode um you know like this is a, a one episode where we will need to talk about that um the other thing I wanted to say is how and why are they getting a full-time housekeeper when they cannot come up with $5,000 for a roof? Like, I don't understand this at all. Also, you don't need a full-time housekeeper. What mess do you have? It's crazy to me. Oh, my God. Also, it's just like, it, it is something, and this will go into our, you know, talking about the, the dynamics of white women having a black housekeeper, right? But particularly when they're like sitting at home reading magazines and they're like, well, with our busy work schedules and our social life. And you're like, all right, guys, like, we know, like, yes, at this point, and the point of this fucking show in its entirety is that you have whole dynamic lives in and outside of the home well into your quote-unquote latter half of life but like you don't like you said you can't afford a housekeeper it is not a good move (laughs) it's like a crazy financial move and yeah like Blanche works what like 12 hours at the museum it's ridiculous listen from what we've seen of her fucking boss like she could just not show up and he would still pay her exactly whatever you know um yeah it's just uh you know they literally missed out on a hundred grand last episode (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) ready to kill a pig you know and uh 
yeah anyway so <laughs> once again getting getting deeper into the this none of this makes sense but uh speaking also of like you know the changes and getting more bold with choices in the third season there's like this very weird like angled front door zoom in the intro did you realize <laughs> yes <this? laughs> it's like instead of taking the angle from like the driveway and the like a sort of on the right side of the front of the house they're like on the left side and they like really quickly zoom to the front door and it's really very funny that they're just like playing when the scary lady is in there who um when rose is like does johnny cash ever wear plaid (laughs) oh my god i saw johnny cash eight times (laughs) all right can we also talk about the how problematic that is to this like they literally just write her off because she's formerly incarcerated you're just like what like yeah, she was in San Quentin. I get it. But, like, you could dig for more information. Did she murder somebody? I guess, did she steal? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a very bizarre choice to me. But uh, I don't know. Right. Maybe well... I'm more liberal than these ladies are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. And, and, like, the people who are answering this ad. And then, you know, so that's, like, interesting because that's Marguerite's entrance is when that scary lady walks out. And Marguerite is like, does that mean looking white women live here? And they're like, no. And then she's like, oh, well, I'm here to apply for the housekeeping job. And, and so right away... Totally. Marguerite enters with like a really funny snippy line and she delivers it really well the actress delivers it really well and so I think from the beginning you can see that she's gonna like hold up and stand up to these other like this comedy powerhouse of these four and so that really works for her when she when she initially gets to the house you're right it's a really good entree um and what's really interesting about that line too that I wrote down is like it is at you know as a white person and in my constant quest to like learn to be anti-racist is like part of understanding how steeped you are in white supremacist culture where you will call people out specifically as black, but you won't call them out as white, as a white person, right? In, in terms of a descriptor, like, oh, there's that man over there. There's that black man over there. Like, that's just a, a constant practice that like, I'm trying to make sure I incorporate, you know, for like, if you're going to use like the color of your skin as a descriptor, you better be, you know, pretty fair about it. <laughs> um, and I think it's really interesting in a show like this, like she was like, you know, she says, does that mean looking white woman live here? And you don't, you know, you don't hear that on a show like this, because like everybody's white. So why would you describe people as white? You know, white is the default. So I just thought that was really interesting i hadn't noticed it before um and it's really fascinating because she should you know the line could have just as well have been like does that mean looking woman live here yeah yeah it's interesting that you bring that up too because there's two lines there's that one and then when marguerite says i'm now i'm black and if that's a problem for you i'm white which you know i i know we want to talk about a little bit but so twice in like, I don't know, five minutes, probably less, like three minutes, Marguerite uh, uh, acknowledges race in a way that like is is right and is sort of, you know, like something that we are trying to work towards as we work towards being anti-racist um, and really kind of never comes up on the show again like i i I don't like i I don't really feel like they do race very well represent race very well talk about race very well but that's you know, it, it's kind of like classic white writers, like the only person who acknowledges this in a way that is appropriate, really, and, and sort of like universally, um, she kind of a- approaches it 
from the same place, whether you're, whether, you know, she's talking about herself as a black person or this mean lady is a white person is Marguerite yeah. is a black woman. And it's just like very typical that like the black woman is doing it correctly and yeah, no one else is. But it's also because, and, and then you just brought up that line and man, we could talk for the rest of this fucking episode about that line alone. It's like probably the truest thing about race that's said in this entire show. And that includes the entire episode that's based about race, <laughs> about race makes lessons later. But, you know, Marguerite is, she's not only sort of speaking truth, but she is doing it as a matter of practicality. She is applying for a job, which is already a position not in power, right? She is applying for a job in the home of four white women, already a position not in power as a black woman, right? So she's already, like, she's just like, fucking throwing it out there you know i mean and it's such an amazing delivery like i'm black now if that's a problem for you i'm white of course they'll cost you extra. and it's like it is I, I literally think that that's probably like the truest about race that's said here and it's really fascinating because it goes by so fast and it's a funny joke right and everybody laughs because they fucking know it's true yeah and that is so insane to me right and it's like um you know <laughs> The, uh, what is the name of the activist who was this woman? Jane Elliott, right? Have you heard of Jane oh, Elliott? Oh, yeah, she's yeah, a, yeah. She's, yeah. She's the one who did the blue eyes, brown eyes exercise yeah. um, after MLK was assassinated. She's a white woman who's an anti-racist instructor and has been literally since MLK was assassinated. And she has that really famous clip. And everybody listening, if you haven't seen her, go on YouTube. And she's basically asking an auditorium full of, of uh, students. I'm not sure if they're in high school or college. And she's like, well, all the white people in this room, you know, who want to be treated like black people are in this country, please stand up. And she says it again and again. And she's like, hey, nobody stand up or you stood up or raise your hand or whatever her directive was. And she basically says, now, by by not volunteering for this, you are actually acknowledging that, you know, there's a disparity and that the disparity is in favor of white people against black people. And I'm asking you, if you know about this, like, why aren't you doing something about it? And it's amazing how, it, you know, the, the audience laughing and the, the writers putting in this line and the audience laughing and us seeing it on this sitcom is all a huge acknowledgement, you know, especially from white people about how fucked up it is. We would absolutely pay a white person more than we would a black person for this role and you know and just like everything that goes with that like if that's a problem for you you know i mean it's really um there's just so fucking much there it's like it's blowing my mind when, when i was watching this episode that like i hadn't picked up on how much is packed into that line uh before <laughs> right yeah wow that is like it is it's crazy and what is so disappointing about america and americans is that this episode aired in 1987 and so we're laughing <laughs> at this joke we're like haha it's funny we pay white people more and yet now it is 2021 and still oh my god we haven't fixed it and we're just you know like obviously like we have periodically faced our issues with race in this country and the white supremacy that is ingrained in everything but I don't think in in my lifetime I've seen us address it the way that we have recently, um, you know, in, yes. in, in response to all of these um, killings by police and, and just like the overall refusal to accept white supremacy as the standard by which we live. And it's just crazy to me that this would have aired. I mean, it's not crazy. I, of course, this is what happened. But <laughs> no. Oh, boy, is that disappointing. <laughs> 
I know. And it's, oh my God. And then, so, you know, in the interest of, of moving on again, could talk about this forever. The immediate line after that, <laughs> which I actually don't fully understand. I want to take, get your take on it, but is, and, and just hang on. Cause it's like the next two lines. So it's basically like, Dorothy says, oh, Marguerite, I can kiss you. And then she just goes, and I don't go for that freaky stuff. And then, of course, you know, Rose goes, neither do Dorothy and I. And it's beat, beat, beat. You know, it's just, there's so much going on there. But it's fucking funny as hell. Because she immediately, again, Marguerite comes in with, like, a killer line. And then, of course, Rose just <laughs> is just perfect. And, and Blanche's face is amazing. But, so, one, it's, like, for freaky stuff, right? Then it's, like, this anti-gay thing, right? It's, like that is like oh it's so freaky you know like a woman kissing another woman right <laughs> so that's like a whole other like okay whatever but but backing up too why does Dorothy just say oh Marguerite I could kiss you because she's making jokes and she's like an approachable person even if <laughs> he's making jokes about the commentary on white supremacist culture you know what I mean like what what's yeah. going on there with Dorothy's line um, well, I actually think Dorothy's just, like, sick of looking for a housekeeper because, you know, like, right. apparently they've been doing this for a long time and she's, like, so happy to have found someone. Um, so it I is just know. sort of celebrating that she's being funny and personable? I think so, yeah. And then her response, I think her response is just, you know, like, a quick funny, like, a quick response. And, and then Rose comes in with, like, the very soft, like, the actual joke. But I hadn't thought about this <laughs> until right now. And I don't think the writers were thinking about this, but I think that watching it the way that we are, you could pull out maybe a suggestion of like sex work and like mm. service professionals, you know, like I, I assume they, yeah, they advertise wow. for her in the newspaper, the Craigslist of its day. And like, you know, like who, I, I don't yeah. know. I think we are, I think willing we are... to do anything, $8 an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I Got don't know. It. I okay. think you could, right. there could yeah. be a, um, you know, something, something there. I don't think that's what they were doing. If any, you know, nobody tell the writers on me. I don't think they were doing that. <laughs> oh boy. Here's the other $4. <laughs> um, no, that's actually, that's a, that's a really good theory. And that, that could be, that could very well be what the commentary is. Or again, in Marguerite approaching them in a very practical manner, right? She's like, Hey, this is my deal, you know? Yeah. Plus as we later find out, she's a lawyer. So she has these sort of negotiating skills, right? you know, built in. So. <laughs> oh my God. It's just fascinating. Um, okay. So moving on the first weird thing to happen <laughs> after they hire Marguerite, <laughs> other than them hiring a housekeeper for the, in, in general is this <laughs> painted rock. Oh right? so my God. <laughs> The rock looks like, it looks like these articles I read for, like, trapped inside during COVID quarantine. Like, do a children's DIY activity. Paint a rock. Paint a rock. Fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy. And it's like, like I mentioned before, like, the idea of them all being home, doing nothing in particular, as the housekeeper cleans around them. It's like, guys, I can't. I can't handle it. Like, Blanche absolutely would be comfortable with that but i kind of oh, yeah. refuse to believe that the other three well i mean sophia might be because she's just like ah fucking i'm old like do my work but like i still think there would be a discomfort about you know marguerite just doing all this stuff i mean obviously sophia's out of the picture here for right now but it reminds me of like you know when they nixed coco because they're like well sophia's gonna cook so like what is he gonna do <laughs> you know we, are, we already tried to play this out with a living cook cleaner and it didn't work 
Yeah. Yeah. Now the painted rock is funny because also like they used all that money for that stupid animatronic pig ear in the last episode. Like get an <laughs> idol, get like something, a stone, a gemstone, like a painted rock. Are you kidding me? So dumb. You're so right. Yeah. Like, they're like, fuck, we forgot to. All right. Uh, quick props. Yeah. Look you... this up. Oh, good. My three-year-old son's visiting. Jimmy, paint this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy. Oh my, oh my God. And we need, so Sophia, just really quickly, Sophia's at one of Phil's kid's wedding. Oh my god. Again, why Again. isn't Dorothy going to her niece's wedding? Exactly. Exactly. None of it makes Crazy any sense. to me. I know. Yeah. So None so- of it makes any sense. Also, I will say, and you know, spoiler alert for the end, uh, <laughs> even though everybody watched it. Like the beginning and end both like start it starts and ends with like mocking looks, mm. right? It's like yet another um blind spot of this series uh, again as discussed with dr kate brown of like it's just not it's not a good look right and there's constant mocking of like ugly women or you know other things of just not um adhering to the norm of like how people look so anyway it's just gross i don't like it yeah i i wrote that too my very last note for this one is there's a lot of ugly jokes in this one i don't know if i i I don't think i really i just have such a not that it ruined it or anything but watching it this time i was like wow this like this one doesn't really hold up like it's still like they're still really funny and i still will laugh out of context when i think about rose saying marguerite you're fired like anytime (laughs) whatever i'm doing like i think it's so funny because like it's just perfect but and, and you know like there's there's a lot of funny bits here but like it doesn't it doesn't hold up a lot of it is pretty problematic yeah exactly exactly well actually there's also when blanche says like norman threw me over for a fat woman Ugh, like there's yuck. more fat shame it's like it's real bad you know yeah so, all right but go, going back to painted rock okay <laughs> yes of course <laughs> so i i think you're probably familiar with this this was a this has been a, a trope for a long time but actually spike lee sort of brought it into more of the common parlance um in media and television etc of like the magical negro trope have you heard about this yeah I have. it's basically key and peel did a skit on it of course which was genius and um it's basically like a trope where you have like a black character who is extremely sort of stock, right? <laughs> like there's nothing like particularly it's, it's almost like the um, manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. where it's like she, the, the manic pixie dream girl is a female character that exists only to sort of forward the action and development of a male character um, because she's just a piece of ass. So like going back to this trope, it's basically like a black character who has like, special insight or like mystical powers and again they sort of go through everything (laughs) possible including like potentially like you know harming themselves as a as a person or human being to really like selflessly help white people right and it's really like um you know it's extremely harmful right because it's just this whole uh like spike lee brings it up like the legend of bagger vance right is like a Mm -hmm. huge that will smith movie it's just like you know watching it now you're just like oh my god like there's no real depth to this character other than how white people see him or her in this case and it's it's not exactly the same thing with marguerite because she does have a depth to her which again is just like the writing of this show and like it's not it's not flat as we just talked about like as soon as she shows up on the scene like she hangs you know with these like veteran actresses and it's like 
it's a well-written character where she's not completely flat but because it's like the idea of these white women immediately assuming that you know the love potion and all this other stuff and it's kind of like what you know Sophia's sort of criticizing in the end of like you you believe all this shit you know and it's like it's it's again it's presenting it and I'm not sure how much of like this episode the writers were even trying to present it as a skewer of being like it's kind of ridiculous that the only reason really that you sort of believe in these magical powers from this woman is because she's black and because she appears to be from the Caribbean, you know, with sort of like, you know, nondescript accent. I'm not sure if she's supposed to be, I think she's just general black from the Caribbean. Right. Um, In terms of like where she's supposed to hail from, but you know, it's tied up in like voodoo assumptions and like all, all sorts of other stuff. And anyway, there's just, there's just a lot there, but it really just reminded me of like talking about that trope and specifically Spike Lee calling it out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, I actually researched that term or, you know, like the, the origin of that too. um, And I can't, yeah, it's it's that clear, very clear. (laughs) So two things. First, there's a book called magical Negro that came out in 2019. Um, and oh, no it's way. by yeah it's by Morgan Parker and it's poems it's poems like written it, basically to represent this um this trope character and um kind of stand up to all the times that this trope is used to like push the white characters forward or like save the white characters or something so um right. you know i i really recommend there's a a great um uh, fresh air interview with the author. Um, oh, and, great. yeah, it's really cool. So I, I recommend that. Um, and yeah, I want to touch on something, a couple things that you said about Marguerite's like undetermined ethnicity, because I, I think it yes. is, it's not a parody exactly, but it, it verges on appropriation of like, yeah, I think, I think it's like Haitian or like voodoo or like witchy yeah. culture. And that is also like, this like witchy magic black woman that's also a trope in and of itself and so it's all very like you know like here's this yeah this woman who has an accent we we obviously never get into where that accent is from and that could be fine but it's like oh she's also painting rocks she also has love potions she's also like she's essentially scamming these white people out of like you know she's doing a bad job it's just like it's all so many things together that um really really doesn't like you know it's just like problematic and uh, from so many angles um right and then the other thing I wanted to bring up that was related to that is so Marguerite's like not really a witch, but she kind of knows that they think she is. And so she she sort of uses their stereotyping against them in a way, which yeah. is kind of cool. Which like I, it's, I like. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of nice exactly. because like when she's late and Rose is like, well, this time she had a really good reason. <laughs> and she's like, she had to go pluck her hair from the chin of a dwarf, you know? Like it's just like so funny. And you could like Marguerite, after only working there for like a week or two, picks up that she could say that to Rose, and Rose would be like, Oh yeah, I won't disturb you. You better go take care of that you know and it's like Absolutely. so good for her for taking advantage of their fucking like racist ass stereotypes that are so ingrained <laughs> that they can't even like <laughs> you're so right you're so right she's like yeah in about four seconds i picked up that this would work on this woman rose that i worked for so. <laughs> it's Not an Italy, you look the problem. dumbest <laughs> yeah oh my god that's actually a really great comeback yeah yeah <laughs> it is it, really good. it also cuts like what we were talking about with like 
all of the ugly jokes. It's like, okay, you, not that I'm, you know, in favor of insulting someone's intelligence, but like, at least that feels more, it feels like less of a cheap shot a little bit than just like continuously being like, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're fat, you're ugly. Like, ugh, I really, really, that also really just doesn't sit well with me like ever in the show but in this episode it just feels like like you were saying it's like more per capita than we usually have and I yeah doesn't I don't like it yeah exactly it's too much um yeah there's (laughs) there is it is kind of like a a genius moment of like Marguerite just being like look I'm just gonna use this for my yeah (laughs) to my advantage here and like I I do really like the scene where they sort of invite her back because she's just going along with like how ridiculous this shit is but like I just wish like a tiara like everybody is sort of like what the fuck and you said to buy something I'd buy myself Um, I've always wanted a tiara (laughs) oh my god it's hilarious oh my god also Marguerite's earrings in that scene look like diamond rings they're actually kind of amazing so great it's, it's really perfect well, okay, so when Sophia comes back to Sophia's used so well here because she it it doesn't hurt jokes about like Miss Black America pageant, did the Supremes get back together? Yeah. It's funny. Like it, it doesn't feel because like we've already expect Sophia to be kind of like crass and sort of like right. unrefined and absolutely and, call out race. Right, exactly. It doesn't it doesn't feel malicious and and definitely doesn't feel malicious in the same way as like, Oh, you just met this black woman with an accent. She must be a witch, you know? And like, obviously I'm oversimplifying what the other three girls are thinking, but it just, I think that that's actually a really well, um, well-written scene and um, something that I feel is very in line with her character. And, you know, Estelle Getty's just like, she's amazing. She just comes in and, and all of the actresses, I feel, you know, all of the negatives I've said about this episode, it's, it's a shame because they're all so great and they're all doing comedy. And in some cases, like I'm thinking of specifically the physical comedy that Betty White does on the lanai when she like falls through the, Oh my God. So good. I love that. We never see that from her here really, you know, like (laughs) we don't ever see like that much like 1940s, like variety show, like she can do it all, but she can do it all totally she had a variety show she hosted it (laughs) i mean oh my god i i wrote that down it's like it's just so perfect and the ball hitting her (laughs) and her exhaustion when she delivers a line she says do you really think that's all it is and it's like again it's one of those moments where like rose actually has a lot of the wisdom and the joke is on another character in this case dorothy like not taking her seriously whereas like most of the time the jokes with rose is like Dorothy's not taking her seriously and it's because Dorothy is in the right whereas like in this particular situation we see these constant ridiculous things <laughs> happening and like Rose is kind of in the right you know where she's like nothing's out of the ordinary and she's like do you really think that's all it is <laughs> you know, it's really everything about it is just great and you know and right before that is is the famous line of like you know I feel like crawling under the covers and eating rolled bill beer right out of the box <laughs> I mean talk about a memeable line oh yeah you know? classic. it's just it's really great um and there's more hilarious outdoor lanai activities in that scene yeah yeah and and like i think it was in the last episode that um you were talking about the background of the lanai changing and also in this one like <laughs> yeah. we see dorothy grilling and then like you know the ball gets hit over it's just like so wacky out there um remember the crow man <laughs> oh my god right okay 
crazy. First of all, you know, it's so funny because that's something that like I know happens in the Golden Girls. I, it's not at the very top of my mind because it's so fucking weird and like so not a plot point, honestly. Like it's just like a, another crazy thing that happens. And I know it's like ridiculous. It's right. But like what? <laughs> it's actually funnier to me. When she says, Dorothy, remember the crow man, then like the actual guy. Oh, landing, yeah, totally. You know, and it's just like, it's really, <laughs> it really is a great conceit. It's, oh my God, it's so funny. Crazy. But yeah, the, the, the sort of pratfall into the, uh, the broken chair and everything about it is just great. But like you were saying before, Sophia is used so well here. It reminds me actually of kind of like the dr jonathan newman you know episode where it's like there's this tension when she returns but the tension's actually sort of reversed in this way where they're all afraid she's going to say something embarrassing in front of dr newman but like they're also afraid of what she's going to say to marguerite because she's like you know dorothy takes her in she's like be very nice you know and she's like (laughs) i wasn't raised in a cave actually i was raised (laughs) um brought up in a cave which is great and a nice hearkening hint to some uh, future enough wicker content about how bad was sicily in terms of uh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> sophia's description coming soon but um she she again is in the position of you guys are being ridiculous you know i'm the one that got put in home <laughs> you know, and she goes through and i thought it was really funny too how they they do infer it's the shelly long line of like how sophia puts curses on people right like she has this quote-unquote mystical power as well but it's not treated the same way as marguerite's and that again is all tied up in just this like these racial stereotypes and tropes about like what kind of magic it actually is yeah wonder why um, we like sophia's curses and not marguerite's (laughs) seriously seriously so uh, but what's also interesting in that is that I was paying attention closely like i said i watched this episode all the time when i was growing up i was paying attention closely to how marguerite leaves when they fire her because i know we're skipping around yeah i'm like oh my god there's so many things to talk about (laughs) um but because i you know because i know that that's the whole setup of like oh my god she put a curse on me and everything and it's like she she doesn't do anything out of the ordinary she's she's upset and she is not happy about being fired just like dorothy says right she's like we just fired her like obviously um but it's just really funny because in my mind it was like way more exaggerated, like a "you'll be sorry" <laughs> kind of situation, and it obviously was not at all because <laughs> she was just mad about having lost a gig, you know. Um, anyway, yeah, really, really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and like that's the whole thing is like they again, like their own racial stereotypes are working against them the whole time. Like they think she put a curse on them even though she said no such thing about a curse (laughs) like she didn't you know Sophia's never hiding it she's always like I'm gonna put a curse on you and then she does it like it's not a secret exactly she does the fucking like evil eye hand thing and everything um I love so much also that like Dorothy's like you know like don't say anything don't say anything and then with no time at all she's like what's all this crap about you putting a curse on my daughter like it's just perfect. perfect Ugh. And you know it's coming, and it's still fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. And one other, like, I mean, like even the first time you watch this episode, you know it's coming. Oh, yeah. like you know that's gonna be the joke. It's just yeah, because Dorothy like begs her not to say anything, and you're like, girl, it's never gonna work. Um, yeah. I have one other quick thing about the Shelley Long joke, which first of all also um, <laughs> is another thing that gets repeated on Twitter a lot, and I'm thrilled whenever I see it. I think it's very funny. Um, <laughs> but did you? Did, are you? Do you like Cheers? Did you ever watch Cheers? 
I don't know. I went to the bar once. Mm. Um, you know, I know Ted Danson's in Ugh, it. You know, I, I love Ted Danson. I love Ted Danson. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, like, there's the whole Sam and Diane thing. And so, apparently, I read this. I didn't, right. you know, thoroughly fact check this because I'm not a Cheers scholar. But Shelley Long <laughs> decided to leave the show, like, on her own accord. And it was a real bummer to both the fans and the cast because, like, the Sam and Diane tension was, like, such a driver. And also, everybody really liked her. And so... NBC was happy, I think, to get like a little bit of a shot in there at her about like, you know, like nobody wanted her <laughs> on line. there anyway. Yeah, you know, because the line is like Sophia didn't like her, so she got rid of her. Um totally. And it's like, yeah. So I, I guess also they kind of do that on Cheers later to like other shows. Like they they sort of make fun of shows that are airing on the same network. Um, but I just thought that was like a fun little TV tidbit, like so petty. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the it's so petty and it's the net you know it's the network connection like you know we talk about all the time it's the same emptiness blurb and all that stuff yeah um uh yeah that Shelly long line is like man with even out that context it's really fucking funny <laughs> wrong baby uh, but, but it's uh it's great with the uh the NBC bit oh my gosh um one more bit going back again to sort of the the calling out race on this uh bit the whole line tootie is my favorite on the facts of life i mean god it's like it's just like you know way down in the mix when we're gonna go to sick and tired part two where sophia just can't stop quote unquote complimenting dr chang by just being like ah chinese people you have beautiful hair oh my god it's like it's just terrible it's too much it's really bad it's like i just i wonder how much like the tootie line feels very mocking of white people like trying to make right you know with like right. in this horrible way but like you still don't you know it just still rings oddly even for that to be a joke yeah yeah I think you're right like it could be funny like that is I do feel like that's something Blanche's character slash like white people right now would say you know like I love Judy like that's that seems very um in line with somebody trying to be like i'm not a racist i i voted for exactly you know like totally very get out here (laughs) i would yeah i was just thinking the same thing would have voted for a third time you know um yeah oh my god and then the the other line which is just wonderful as a nice sum up is use vodka and black underwear like everybody else (laughs) 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 gotta always love when dorothy gets really irate (laughs) especially about a dumb shit that you know Blanche is freaking out about this guy Norman. Norman. He's not. He's not that great. No, <laughs> I just know it. It's terrible. Oh my god! And then Rose is like, and, and Norman left you for a porker. It's just, oh god. Uh, I know. It's it's a sour note. <laughs> but all in all, I mean, talk about scholarship for this re- this uh, episode, though. You know, little me watching it way back in the the uh, late eighties would definitely never um, realize how much there was to unpack about this. So. Uh, I'm grateful for my modern anti-racist education to pick up on these tropes and uh, discuss why this episode does and does not hold up. Yeah, that's what we're, you know, that's what we're doing here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're here for. (laughs) All right, well, that sums it up. Uh, Next time, we're going to discuss how a dream about bald men is somehow analogous to a fear of plummeting from an airplane to your certain death. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody.